Welcome to the Pastors Podcast. This is Pastor Scott, and Pastor Jim is with me. Hello. Hi. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> we, we can say now, I, I decorate, actually, I've told too many people about my Christmas tree, so I'm not going to do it here. Oh, okay. But Steph Moss is also here. Yes. Hi, guys. Not Merry Christmas. <laughs> not Merry Christmas. It's, not December, it's December tomorrow. I will say tomorrow. I guess we're in the Advent wow. season. Fine. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I, I feel like I have been cast as a radical for not listening to Christmas music before Thanksgiving, but you're holding out till December 1st. You're like, no, it has to be December. It usually has been December. And I think this year I've been open to allowing it to start since Advent Sunday. So. Okay, so since Advent Sunday. Sure, yeah. All this right. church has converted me. <laughs> I believe it can start that day. <laughs> we started in August, so oh. you know, pretty indulgent that way. Yeah. Okay, I can't hold it in. I brought my Christmas tree back from Colorado. Oh, wow. Cut it down in the forest. Wow. You can get a $10 forest permit to cut down your tree. Brought it down it, it, at 80 miles an hour for two days of driving. <laughs> All of the needles are still there. It's pretty, pretty impressive how God built those things. It's covered with dead bugs, but that's true. <laughs> the sap is holding all the yeah. needles still on there. Oh, congratulations. So, anyways, when we got home, well, then I, when we got home, I had to like, we, now we got to do the Christmas thing. And so anyways, we're actually going to be talking about Christmas offering today. Our Christmas, not our Christmas missionary offering. That's what we used to call it. Right. We can get into that later. Okay. But our Christmas <laughs> partner offering. Um, every every year we take time out this time of year to talk about some specific projects for some of our partners, particularly our key partners, and also um, to raise funds for those projects to get to be a part of that. Um, I want to figured that it would be a cool opportunity to talk a little bit more in depth about why we do this, about what the projects are. Um, I, now we're recording this. I, I think this will be published on Thursday this week. We hadn't recorded one on Sunday cause I was out of town. I was driving back with my Christmas tree on my car. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we, uh, but so we wanted to record one for this week. We're recording this on giving Tuesday. So hmm. we missed an opportunity. Hmm. to air this on Giving Tuesday. Did we? <laughs> I feel like what would have been really effective is if we had piled on all the email spam you've been getting today. Every organization that I've ever given my email to has emailed me today. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like, and probably a third of them that I never gave my email address to. Yeah. Even my sheets company was like, Want to buy some sheets and donate 20% of your purchase to somewhere? I mean. I, I got an email from Citibank that said, hey, uh, donate through us. Like, I was like, what? <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Yes. Your I, bank will yes. do it for you. Anyways. So I'm not, we're giving you this on Thursday. That's then. right. That's so right. You're, and you're welcome. welcome. You're, well, you're welcome for not another thing <laughs> yeah. on Tuesday. Um, I, okay. I have a, before we get to this, I have a potentially unpopular opinion spurred on by giving Tuesday. Okay. I am not in love with the whole matching gift thing. Why? Like when I hear a matching gift, it makes me less eager to give because it feels manipulative. It feels like somebody oh, just gave somebody uh, gave the money yeah, and they're going to give yeah. the money, but we're going to call it a match to try to like squeeze some out of me. So yeah. I, I've been on nonprofit boards before. I know how this works. I've done fundraising before. Like I, 
I just thought that I should tell you guys secretly. Okay. Because <laughs> I actually thought about this. I actually thought about <laughs> this earlier and thought, no, I probably shouldn't tweet that. That's just, uh, you know, I get it. But just personally, I'm not in love with it. Okay. So. Okay. Mom's the word. Yeah, I, I could see how it feels manipulative. Let's keep it a secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Edit that out of the podcast. I, I have never thought of it that way, feeling manipulative. I think sometimes people give less because they're like, oh, well, if I give 20, it's already going to be doubled by the person that is matching it. Yeah. Or maybe I would have given 40 had it but, needed to all but come from But the data <laughs> is clear. It works. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just not with you. Just not with me. <laughs> uh, so well, one. The, the, the problem is I, I love the same organizations. I love the same causes that I, and so I'll just give tomorrow or something. <laughs> I thought it was going to be, so my opinion is about giving Tuesday. I hate yeah. that it's after you've already spent everything. So you're giving the last, <laughs> which is opposite of what the Bible asks, right? Like we're going to give the last of our fruits versus yeah, yeah, yeah. our first fruits. What but, do you have left? <laughs> yeah. So after Black after Friday, guilty over spending the weekend, after yeah. Cyber Monday, if you have anything left, yeah. <laughs> we're talking pocket change, yeah. there, right? That's it. Pretty yeah, much, it's yeah. like your guilt offering. Like, oh, yeah. did I really need that flat screen? Yeah. No offense yeah. to those who need to upgrade their TV. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and, who, and who chose to do it on Black Friday. Yeah. 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 It's a good deal. Okay, so. So we're asking for a matching so gift. So we're asking for a matching <laughs> gift. For the that. Dang it. <laughs> Retirement fund matching gifts are uh, probably a good thing, right? They but are. Not, like with your employer. Like, yeah. I think that makes. Okay. Okay. Because then you're not capped at the 20000 contribution to your That's 403B. True. You're going to get a 40000 <laughs> Okay, mm. I, we digress. Go back. We're on a Christmas <laughs> partnership offering. <laughs> and now people think I get $20,000. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so the, the Christmas partner offering that we do this time every year is a, a way that we facilitate just the, I mean, our, our church, and we talk about this every time we talk about money or finances, our church is overwhelmingly generous. Mm -hmm. It's overwhelmingly generous to us um, as an organization, to the church, uh, to the church family and the church body. They're also overwhelmingly generous in all sorts of different directions. Yes, they are. Um, which, and we have a, one of the things that we love to do is to utilize and funnel that generosity, not towards ourselves, but towards projects for um, our partners and for the things, and even for meeting needs that maybe they don't know how they're going to get met otherwise and even be in that way, like an answer to prayer. But Jim, do, do you have any sense for how long we've been doing this? Well, I, I, I know approximately when it started. I mean, there, okay. there's always been something, uh, usually, I mean, the church goes back to, you know, in 1901. So the, there's all this history back that's been lost. Mm -hmm. But um, the part I know about uh, is that, uh, the the pastor who came here toward the end of uh, the World War World War Two toward the end of the 1940s thing began in 48 uh, had tried to be a missionary in India uh, during the war and pretty much totally failed um, and uh, came back very discouraged uh, needed a job wound up becoming the pastor here and um, found that he loved it and he loved uh, the congregation, they loved him. And he had a heart for getting uh, funds and people out into the world post-World War II with all the chaos in these countries that had just been devastated, India, 
uh, the Philippines, uh, all places, all kinds of places like that, and and getting uh, funds to uh, begin to uh, uh, reach out not not only to evangelize but also to provide uh, medical personnel and food um, and all, all kinds of other things, uh, and the church just glommed onto that and and really wanted to do that, and it just kind of. And, and, and many people started being sent out as missionaries to, to places from this church. And it, was, it went all through the 50s and, uh, and on just as a, as a huge part of what the church was doing. So it started as a response, I think, to the devastation of war and mm-hmm. particularly the fact that this country uh, was one of the few places on the face of the earth that hadn't been devastated by a world war mm-hmm. uh, and could, could do something. But um, the heart of a man who had failed at this and uh, found that he could succeed in inspiring people to do something about it was, was how it began. That was just mm. God's way of, of using his failure to, I think, create a huge, huge success. Mm. This is why I love talking to you. I know. <laughs> I had no idea about that. Have you ever heard that story, stuff? No. And the way you I've tell history, either. like, I wish yeah. you were my history teacher growing up. I was like, I hated that subject. <laughs> it's incredible when you... It's yeah, but it's stunning when you you know when you when you hear the the pieces I think mm. on a personal level. Yeah. yeah, I remember when we the this church hosted the perspectives class, and I think that yeah. understanding missions and the history of it being carried out through individuals and these waves of of people and people groups all throughout the world, it just brought to light the yeah just how God's word has spread and. Um, the intentionality of people being sent and and or if they didn't weren't sent right supporting uh, from yes. from afar is just I think that's really when it opened up for me. But wow, all the way back to World War II, that's incredible. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that is <laughs> wow. stunning. And I think that heart is one that mm. we're continuing to want yeah. to emulate, right? And yes. and recognizing that it's it's not easy because it takes a lot of sacrifice. It does. Right? It takes a lot of sacrifice as a church. To be mm-hmm. a multiplying church mm-hmm. it takes a lot of sacrifice as individuals to be a part of that multiplication, both whether it's church planting, whether it's going overseas, um, and recognizing that that it it costs a lot, and not not just money, but like it 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 costs inter- like personally and interpersonally um, a lot to be a multiplying church, but it's one that that echoes the sacrificial and going and sending heart of Jesus. Yes, you're right. And I think that it's, it, does, it gives back too. I think mm. it's very easy for our sense of who we are as, I don't know what you call it, religious people, mm. uh, f- focuses back in on us. And mm. um, it, it, it just reminds you that, that uh, because you go to church every Sunday, it doesn't mean you don't have an obligation and a call by God to do something far beyond the walls of this or beyond the people that you see here. Yeah. Uh, but it, that's a very easy thing to lose. Mm. And uh, I think that we uh, not only support people, but we know the people and we bring them in here and talk to them. They, they come back and tell us what's going on and keep us informed. Uh, creates a huge um, highway of information and, and, uh, and helping uh, back and forth yeah. uh, that I think just just uh, is uh, incredibly uh, helpful to draw people in and help them understand what God's doing. Mm. And and so th- this is really the, the focus of particularly our, our key partners, right? We have a number yeah. of different um, partners across the globe, across the city that we support. And um, we 
have asked them what their big needs are, right? We support them regularly, but in addition to that, what, what are some, some large, some infrastructure, some unique needs? And, and there's obviously a lot of unique needs uh, in the moment after the last couple of years in mm-hmm. the wake, not of a world war, but in the wake mm-hmm. of a world pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, Steph, we've, we've talked a little bit about, over the last couple of years about focusing our, our efforts. Um, can you talk a little bit about kind of how we've tried to focus that and what, um, what these gifts uniquely are about and for this year? This year in particular? Uh, well, I know, you know, if anybody remembers last year, we kind of saw that our partners, everybody could get, you know, kind of to a screeching halt. A lot of things were paused. Not every partner. There were many that continued services, but many were shut down and just, um, or stuck, right? A lot of our overseas partners were stuck in different countries or their country was closed. They couldn't get in and out. And so our funding focus last year, as we prayed as a team, we have a, a, a global missions team or a global partnership team that prays over these opportunities that come to us. And last year was really clear to help people kind of just come alongside them where they were stuck. And then this year, as we received some of the uh, the special funding needs and projects that it, we really saw there was kind of this movement again and that people were looking at infrastructure projects that were going to help um, continue, you know, their ministry, continue their missions work in either new ways, refreshing ways, um, big ways. And so uh, as a team, just praying over those, we really saw that there were a few key kind of infrastructure focused projects that... Um, really we could come alongside and probably make a really big impact so that there could be a few things built that help to, you know, gather discipleship. Do you want me to go through each one of them? Or? Well, so, so yeah, let's, let's go, through, let's go through them in, in, in just a second. But okay. so we, we've, we have focused our efforts though, at more on kind of larger infrastructure projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that we, we haven't done and that we've steered away from in our conversations as a global ministry team, even over the last number of years is we, we've steered away from, um, like making up gaps in support, oh, yeah. we've steered mm-hmm. away from um, just kind of the 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 typical operational needs towards these more kind of one time special projects. Special projects. Um, can, can you explain a little bit about yeah, the, the, so, the logic behind that? Yeah. So it's interesting because I think I came to the team and obviously Pastor Jim was already a part of it, and you, Pastor Scott, and Matt Spalding, and there have been a number of people on this team and. When I first entered a few years ago, hearing you guys wrestle through kind of what the focus should be, and there is this part of you as as a as a team that sees some needs come to the table that say, okay, well, we just fell short this year on maybe some of our monthly partnership giving, um, and so we could use an extra one-time gift, or uh, we'd love to fund, you know, our uh, a new staff member. And so there's sometimes these other needs that pop up, yeah. and, and yes, it could they sound very compelling, especially when they're tied to people. You really want to come alongside somebody and kind of financially support them. But those aren't always like sustainable, right? Those are kind mm. of your part of your, oh, what do we call it? Um, uh, that's your general like operational funds, yeah. right? And so we wanted- If we fund that with a one-time gift, that's not a sustainable- Model, <laughs> right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. then every year you might have to come back and say, oh, we're short again because mm-hmm. we're not actually like raising kind of what we need sufficiently each year. And so it's hard to hear that, but I've as I've seen the team wrestle, it's been really beautiful to see how God kind of continues to shape the hearts and kind of the giving, and it always comes back to these special projects that um, 
yeah, like without kind of these bigger gifts each Christmas, you might not be able to kind of move some of your ministry vision forward if we're just kind of funding the day in and day out, kind of um, keeping the the wheels oiled or whatever that saying goes. Um, is that? Yeah. 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 Enough, no, super uh, helpful. That insight. That's super helpful. <laughs> so well, in, in light of that, let's, let's talk through a little bit of the projects that um, we've highlighted. So we've, Send an email out. Mm-hmm. We've highlighted it in God's activity, but I thought it'd be um, and an email going out on Tuesday. Yes, yeah, you'll get an email. <laughs> and um, I, I thought it'd be helpful to hear a little bit about um, a, a little bit of the heart behind and the st- a little bit more of the story behind some of these projects. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, we're hoping to raise twelve thousand five hundred dollars for student hostel improvements at Africa Renewal University. Um, so if, if you remember, we raised funds just to provide, help provide for their staff uh, a little over a year ago in the midst and at the height of the COVID lockdowns for them. They were completely shut down. Their staff had no income. And so we kind of just met them. And that, that wasn't even a Christmas thing. That was like a September. Yeah. We just need to meet this need for one of our partners. And through that and through a number um, of other decisions and processes they have made. They went online, they've survived and are now preparing to welcome students back onto campus for the first time in almost two years. Mm -hmm. They're planning to welcome them back in January. Is that correct? No, they just, November. November. They actually just, yeah, they're on campus. Yeah. And so, but the hostels where the students are staying aren't in great shape. Correct. Yeah. So We've been there. Actually, Pastor Jim, your wife has, she yes, and I shared, been there. yeah, <laughs> she and I shared a room together in the mm-hmm. student hostels. Yes. Uh, anybody else? Does we've... it qualify as a room if the walls don't go all the way to the ceiling? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's open air sleeping. <laughs> uh, Good question. <laughs> yeah. So they have these student hostels slash dorms. They are, yeah, not closed ceilings, um, a little bit of dirt floors, bunk beds, and that's pretty much it. Um, the bathrooms are out in the back or the, Lions are. Yeah. <laughs> not lions. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, that's a different part of Africa. But um, oh. so with two years of nobody on campus, their maintenance crew not being on campus, like it was not being maintained. And yeah. so it already was probably in need of some, you know, uh, um, some upgrades. But with no maintenance for the last two years, they're really dilapidated. So they need upgrading of all the roofing. The walls need repaired and repainted. And so just general improvements, but why, why I felt like, wow, this is so key is talk about sustainability. So they, you know, students stay on campus and they pay to live there. And so the hostels are a source of income for them. That is a, a big source of revenue for the university. So if they want to be sustainable long-term and not always have to be reaching out for, for funds, um, for operating funds, the, the hostels are one way to do that. One way to attract students, right? You want somewhere nice to live while you're studying, um, and they're not super attractive right now, let alone kind of livable. And so one that's a huge source of revenue, but another key piece of it, if you've ever been there, you really, this really comes to life. You understand it because you've been there, but uh, they have students representing like 10 different countries, surrounding countries. And so there are just hundreds of various tribes uh, that are represented on that campus. And so that uh, this place that they all get to to live together, to learn how to study and lead together is just a critical kind of model for their university of living with all different people groups. And the the hostels are kind of that key place for that. And so 
seeing the condition of the hostels and just knowing that this is really a, a place that they could generate some revenue and just needing them to get upgraded. It was, it, it was super clear that this would be an awesome project to, to fund. So do, oh. do you have the total? I do. I, is it 40,000? I can, I, yeah. it's around like 30. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, yes, it's 30,000 okay. for the total project. And then we're hoping for the 12, So we're hoping to, to, to raise yeah, about you know, a little over a third of that. Um, and this is one of those large projects also that whenever we uh, go over, like if, if we raise more than we need, this is the, this and the other large project um, with uh, Kevin Leilani Humble is what these will go towards. Yeah. Right? And so. Yeah. So our next team, hopefully this summer, summer of 2022, a team would get to go stay in the updated yeah. hostels and yeah, see yeah. The, the fruits of that. Yeah. Really excited for them. Really, ex- I'm really excited that. They're actually going to have students on campus and their their largest incoming class. Yeah, largest incoming freshman class ever. That's incredible. Wow. <laughs> I, 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 coming out of all this. Like, yeah. it's just, um, what a resource for uh, Christian education, for training up the next generation of leaders in, and not just in Uganda, but across East, Eastern Africa. It's really, yeah, really exciting to see. Um, I, I mean, when we were like helping to meet the needs of their staff and just salaries and like uh, we were doing it out of compassion. Like I, I didn't know if they were going to make it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if I'm being completely honest yeah. and um, we'd hoped and prayed and this is just a huge answer to prayer, both ours. And I think so many others that not only have they found the way through this in the midst of lockdowns that were more intense. Yeah than we experienced here even um, and found a way to make this work and found a way to, in this moment to see the Lord, like just, yeah. Yeah. I'm so proud of them too for taking their courses online. I I just think back the years ago when they didn't have quality internet and one of our projects was funding their, um, their fiber optics and and internet for their campus. And, and I wonder, did that play a role in them being able to, to provide online classes? Mm. You know, it's just, Yeah. yeah. It's really yeah. cool. So the the second large project we're talking about at the that twelve thousand five hundred level um, is a is with Kevin and Leilani Humble, mm-hmm. um, who are uh, all of a sudden. All of a sudden, I hadn't thought through how much of this I can say publicly. I, I was I, actually, <laughs> I was about to like write you a note, like be like, try not to say too many. So they run a, uh, I mean, it's, it's a podcast. It's not written online. And so we've had this conversation before where it's not as tricky, but, um, they run an ecotourism business, um, as a means of their ministry and as an open door to, um, relationships in their relatively close country. Um, and we've been there, we sent a team there um, a couple of years ago, we're hoping to send a team if the uh, visa requirements open up this spring, we will be sending a team as well. Would love for you to be a part of that. And the actually love for you to email Steph or I about that. If you're even remotely interested, our, there's an info meeting coming up. And if you're even remotely interested, we'd love to, you know, I, I, I don't remember the date. Um, <laughs> We have lots of great information here for you. <laughs> You're on the pastor's podcast. We really know what we're doing. Um, but they, so they 
we we've been a part of some building projects there and have seen the impact for in their community and in uh, reaching unreached people groups, unreached uh, people that have never heard the true gospel, people groups that have never heard the true gospel. And um excited about um that uh yeah, excited to to see how the impact of that has uh multiple of the previous projects we've done has multiplied their efforts. Uh, we've got to stay in some of the, the the places and the buildings that were built previously. And now they're building a um a pavilion that's used both for teams and for meeting and also for their local community as a meeting place and really as a as a hub and as a community hub, a place where they're constantly trying to find and kind of scrounge places to meet and the community is looking for places to meet. They, they have such a great reputation in their community. They are such a huge blessing to all of their neighbors. Um, and this is just the next step in that. And so we're excited that the construction for that has already started. And so this is in hopes of being able to um, complete it. Yeah. To be able to complete that. That project was the $40,000 project. That was $40,000. Yeah. So Monday, December 13th at 8 PM is the Zoom info meeting. And the, and you send out an email with all the, the details. I did send an email with all the so details. So they could either email us or... Or just look at that email right. and join the Zoom meeting. Uh, the dates are... Tentative. Tentative. That's why I, I was with those dates and I was like, kind of. <laughs> so <laughs> so we're, 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 we're working that out. But... Um, like a lot of things these days, everything's a little tentative, but we're, but they, they are in, they are like, this is their greatest need and real need to, as a facilitator to the, their ministry in the local communities. And so, um, if we can be a part of that, um, kind of going hand in hand, that's also a huge, huge need and one that we're really excited about yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. I, they, they became missionaries, your partners here, um, when you were here. Yes. Okay. You're still here. Because they, I'm still. No. Before Cornerstone, as a part of First Baptist, I mean, they've been mm-hmm. partners for thirty years, twenty. Yeah, years? Some, somewhere in there. I've, I've long We'd since lost count. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, they, uh, a long time. Just an incredible ministry. Yes. Yeah. 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 And a place that just had had nothing before. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of failures we were aware of. Uh, but they came out with just just the right attitude, just the right idea. Yeah. Um, so that's all I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So in also in Southeast Asia, um, Craig and Lisa uh, have a partner or have a, a farm that the ministry owns and that is a huge part of their uh, ministry efforts. And so this actually is an exception. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to our, our it, like it, exception it, to it, what? It, it, well, so it's 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 a big need. They need um, security immediately because of some some uh, extortion, extortion, violence, and land disputes. Theft, yeah, yeah. Um, and so we felt like, especially in the midst of everything else going on, this was one of those things that we we wanted to say, hey, we're going to meet this need for six months so to, in order to get you the time to raise the funds to find a sustainable solution. This is kind of more of an urgent need. Um, that we could step in and and meet, and one that I think is is really important for the longevity of their um, 
yeah, of their of their efforts there. Yeah, and okay. when I guess when if people are listening or thinking like, well, how's that an exception? Again, you're thinking, okay, well, that's part of your operating budget is you having a security guard for your campus or uh, the work you do, and so. If this was maybe building a secure fence or something like that, right, that's a project that could be long lasting. But because this was specifically they need security guards for the lands to not just secure the farming land from being from all the theft, um, but a lot of the violence that has come on onto the the farmlands actually is um impacting the safety of the farming staff. So they it's also a place of employment for locals and it's where they do a lot of their ministry out of. And so yeah, funding it kind of temporarily upfront so that they can kind of find out, figure out a long-term uh, solution for their operations budget and um, to to have security. But also, I think I pray more for a resolution that this that by funding yes. this upfront that it, they could now focus their efforts instead of on fundraising, they could now yeah. work with lawyers, work with the local community, work in prayer w- that the the neighbor and the spiritual warfare that's kind of happening with this neighbor maybe would dissolve or, or resolve itself. So, absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Um, so our fourth program or our fourth project is ministry um, expansion of Enlace, who has been one of our partners in El Salvador for a number of years, probably for a decade at, at this point. Um, and this Enlace does community development but it does it through the local church. Yes. And actually not so just cool. through the local church, but the local church owns the the projects. And, and Enlace is simply a a facilitator of the ministry that these local churches are doing. I mean, in, in that sense, to me, it's it's the best of what parachurches are and can be when they are, when a parachurch is a, a help and an aid to the local church, not designed as a replacement to the local church. Mm-hmm. Um, it, do you want to expa- explain a little bit more about... Yeah, what they do, what they do, or this particular project. Let's, let's start with, with let's start do. with who Enlace is. I, I I love the opportunity to talk about them. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like sometimes this one's harder for people to understand because it is it feels broader, more macro level. I think that's why I asked you to explain. Okay. I was explaining it, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, you, I don't, I don't think I'm catching it. You did a good job. Um, <laughs> you know, and and it's interesting. I think even our team sometimes it feels abstract, but uh, Pastor Jose led a team there. Gosh, two years ago, August 2019. And when he got to physically go on site and see the development efforts and the local church pastors and the church mentors that work with the church pastors working within their community with all the local supports and partnering with local NGOs and things like that to get to get these, you know, uh, composting latrines built or um, eco stoves built. Even Pastor Jose said, wow, yeah, when you come alongside your brothers and sisters and you see the work, it's one, just an encouragement to come and, and work alongside and love and fellowship together. And I think that's our, our probably some of our primary goals we send teams. But to see the work on the ground of, yeah, churches in action and how they are loving their community, how they're raising up local leadership and that the community is identifying, well, there's, there's needs for clean water. There's needs for eco stoves so that we're not having breathing problems with how we're cooking and that the community identifies it. Therefore they own it. And then they also help build it. And, um, that you experience the the love of the local church through these building projects. It's, it's kind of a unifying project to bring people together and, so, yeah, so we've sent a team that was El Salvador, but little do we know the last four years and Lasse has already been piloting this same model over in uh, Guatemala. 
And now that their pilot is done, they have established um, church coaches. They've established churches in the area that work with these church coaches and local pastors who are ready. And they've already gone through some of their equipping stages. They have like a certain model and a training program. And so now they're actually ready. They're ready to begin implementing the pilot program, and uh, they're ready to receive teams. And so when we heard this expansion in Guatemala, we're, I mean, for me, I just felt like it was such an answer to prayer that it was a country that our own pastor is from. And mm. of course, many of our church members also have connections or, or family mm. or are from Guatemala. And so, yeah, just the opportunity to fund that so that it, it's, a, it's official and we'll mm. have a partnership in Guatemala and get to send a, a team hopefully next next fall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sounded just, yeah, too good yeah. to be true. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. So, and so yeah. they've got these one-time kind of startup costs yeah. to expand into this country that yeah. um, we have a, a, a deep connection and deep heart yeah. for. Um, this is really exciting. It is. Yeah, it, and it has long-term uh, benefits. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things I love about this is that, and, and Lasse is also about, it's about, it, it connects us, right? It's, it's and Lasse's link. I was right? going to say it's, that, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it, 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 it links and connects um, local churches together. And so to be in on the beginning of these new relationships in, in Guatemala, to be uh, a part of that, I'm excited to, to see what will come of that over the next five to 10 years mm -hmm. as these relationships develop and mature. And um, we're not just kind of stepping into already established relationships, right. but getting to, to, to form um, new ones as they're, as they're formed. Yeah. Yes. Um, and they have some of the same projects, some of the eco stoves, clean water needs, um, but there's specifically there that community has identified a need for poultry farms. And so that probably is going to be one of our upcoming trips and maybe projects that our team could work on uh, there in Guatemala. So we'll see. Yeah. And, and lastly is a local partner in Claris Health um, who have um, kind of made some adjustments throughout the last couple of years and are now um, expanding their, really their reach in a number of different virtual services. Um, the things that we love most about Claris Health um, are, have an opportunity to expand. And so there, again, for them, there's an upfront cost of transitioning or, or kind of expanding their virtual services um, of $2,500. And so it seemed like a, a again, kind of a, a slam dunk strategic opportunity we had to um, partner with them in that as well. Yeah. Upgrading their website, upgrading their search engine optimization so that people can find their services online and get connected. Uh, I just, I think back when we funded the mobile clinic and, you know, that more people got services because of a mobile clinic. And now I was just thinking that the year of COVID, you know, brought everybody online to, to virtual counseling, virtual, I mean, pod, you know, more podcasts or virtual meetings through Zoom. And so now to have Claire's Health services offered virtually and just thinking that could, how far that could expand outside of even LA is just really exciting. So yeah, why not fund their online presence and the ability to do that? And again, it's, it's, it is so exciting. I love that you mentioned, you know, just, it was just a few years ago mm -hmm. that one of our big projects for this offering was their mobile clinic, mm -hmm. um, which has been a huge um, expansion over the last number of years. And it's just, it's so exciting to see the fruit of uh, these partnerships and these efforts. And even just the, the fruit of this kind of just uh, this offering. I mean, it like, it's kind of incredible to me. We just get information from our partners <laughs> and say, 
this is what's needed. And the church rallies around every, every time overwhelmingly. So, um, I, I just feel blessed because I feel like we get to, as the global ministry team, just get a front row seat to watch the Lord yeah. make these connections and do, um, provide over and abundantly for others, for our partners, um, for the ways that they are serving our community and communities and reaching communities across the world that um, otherwise we wouldn't have any way to be a part. Right. So the the last part of this, of the money we're raising through this offering though, goes to Christmas gifts yeah. for our partners as well. So will you just explain that last piece briefly? Yeah. So I think it is hard sometimes to connect when a lot of our um, partners live all over the world. And so one small way that we just show them that we were, we're thinking of them, we remember them, we love them, and we're continuing to partner with them. Of course, we do that through our monthly giving and our monthly support. But every year at Christmas, on top of monthly support, we send a Christmas gift. And it's a quote-unquote cash, but it's in a check form. <laughs> and so we send a Christmas check to each of our partners. If you're an individual or a couple or a family, we kind of have a giving level based on um, those kind of family status. And I love that now we send it in a Christmas card. We take a, a group staff photo mm. and send a Christmas card so it's a little more personalized and that they can kind of see the faces over the years of of who's on staff here and just kind of feel a connection back to their sending church or their supporting church. And so, yeah, so that offering is just the goal. We try to get that out actually as the very first gift. So as people's gifts come in, we send out the Christmas gifts early in December so that they get those before Christmas. And it's just kind of an end of the year we love you. Merry Christmas. So you're saying there's a reason to give now yes. and not just later. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I feel yeah, like now. I'm doing an infomercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, and I, I know that's a huge blessing for them. And, and again, I, I love the opportunity that we have to just be a facilitator mm-hmm. um, of these gifts to, to others, to our partners, to see the way the Lord desires to bless them and, and chooses to bless them through us. Um, Jim, when you think about this, either this year's uh, offering or how we've done this in past years, what what stands out to you? What what makes you most excited about what's happening, um, and what the Lord's what you've seen the Lord do? Well, I, that's a big. I can think of about forty different things. I, I, <laughs> I think one of the things that, that doesn't get mentioned here is I, I think there's a kickback that. That that when the not no, a financial kickback, not a kick, not a financial. <laughs> kickback. No. It's a except uh, no no uh, <laughs> no. It's a it's a blessing. If, yeah. if something happens to yeah. you when you you uh, sit down and write out the check and mm. and say, well, you know, I can can we really afford? Okay, let's just do it. And and you uh, realize uh, at some point that you have gotten into something big that makes a difference in the world. Mm. And you are helping someone who is far away, uh, who really is in a situation that, that they, they cannot grow unless you do something for them. Um, and often we get the feedback from them on that and you get to hear that. And uh, you, you had the chance to think about them. I gave them money, I should pray, be praying for them. And you that something opens up something in your heart. Um, that there's a gift and there's a kind of a reverberation that there's mm. a gift that comes back. Uh, and I believe that's spirit-filled. I believe God intends that, uh, that uh, generosity uh, breeds uh, not only uh, closeness, you, you, you care more mm. because you gave, but it, it breeds a kind of uh, inner joy that, that, uh, that 
connects to that to that person that to that project even though it's thousands of miles away mm. um, and you begin to want to know what's going on now and what's happening you begin to pull into it uh, it's an adventure it's a, it's I think it's very exciting and mm. I think that's one of the one of the great gifts of this whole thing that uh, we give and it helps people and that giving actually comes back and helps us somehow yeah. in our our spiritual growth as well mm. that's so encouraging I think I yeah. totally experienced that and I know that all of us do. It makes me think of First Timothy six, where he talks about. Uh, I, have I talked about this before? Is that where you're laughing? No, I'm. I'm working on a, a study on First Timothy six. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. So I just oh, read that. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I, when, when he says, you know, uh, let, let the, the the rich in this present age be generous, uh, you know, be rich in good works, being generous and ready to share, right? Which is this? Right. It's just that. Like, it's, it's that posture, right? Yes. And then, but then the reason is, he says, he encourages them to be generous, to be ready to share. It's just so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. I just yeah. love that phrase. Yeah. Like this is living. Yeah. You know, like like this is living when um, we have the opportunity to, to to sacrifice, and that that's actually why we've done uh, this podcast on this. It, it's not to try to raise the money or like raise honestly i'm not worried about it <laughs> like i'm I, 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 not um we're, we're not trying to make sure we're we wanted to explain this in a more expanded way so that more of you could share in more of the joy that we've gotten to experience as we facilitate this generosity um towards these partners and so um, i know it's just a a, a tidbit more but it, and if you would have more um any other questions, want more details, want more information, either about the projects, about these partners in specific, want to get connected with them, um, we would love to, to do that for you as well. Um, and before we close, I want to retract my, uh, <laughs> my, matching, my matching gift oh. opinion. I, now, it, it's a little bit of like an angsty like, like opinion in the back of my head. The <laughs> truth is... I thought I was going to say the truth is like uh, there are ways that uh, the Lord leverages generosity towards more generosity, and it's mm. and it's it's a great example of that. Um, I'm a little bit jaded after seeing 28 of them in my inbox today. Wow. <laughs> so I think that's, that might be a little bit of, but it, in general, I, I'm overwhelmed by those that not only want to give sacrificially and significantly, but those that want to just want to do more than just write it and walk away, but that care enough to want to do it strategically and want to find ways to, uh, to leverage their generosity for more people to get to experience that joy that they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. And so I think. It's the reality. If somebody's yeah. listened this far, hopefully then, then, then they hear the other side of that. <laughs> but, um, but anyways, so you, you, you can listen to this on Thursday on giving Thursday, yes. <laughs> giving, giving Friday. Uh, uh, and, um, and, but we hope, we hope that these explanations have been a little, at least a little bit more of a uh, blessing and an encouragement to you for why we do what we do. And, the joy that comes as we um, get to participate in it. So yes. I especially wonder for people that are new. I remember when I was kind of new to to understanding missions and giving and that kind of support, I was always really leery of churches that just like throw money at a problem or like throw money at it like a um, kind of a the new flashy trend of like 
what pulls at people's heartstrings to raise money. That's because you're a social worker. I know it's because yeah. I'm a social worker, and so I care deeply how it, churches yeah. do this. And so when I got to be a part of the global partnership team, and I got to witness how this team wrestled through the projects and the funding, and that it it wasn't just fundraising and putting money at things, and it was never a fundraising campaign. It was always a relationship, and it was a how can we come alongside these relationships with a tangible support each year. And then you have people who sometimes feel bad, like, oh, well, all I do is like cut a check to a, some partner overseas, you know, and I, I, I wish if you're new here that you would know it's sometimes that it, that's okay. That's the first step. Like mm-hmm. if you're the, that's the first step that like you're going to give this year or next year. And, um, and hopefully that that opens and spurs your heart to learn more about whatever partner maybe you've read about in the email or you've heard about today that you're spurred to pray for a new region that maybe you didn't even know what uh, Southeast Asia or what I don't know how to say it, Oceana. Oceana. Yeah. One of our partners is in the region of Oceana. <laughs> so <laughs> just thinking about how that could begin to, how God might use this opportunity. Yes. Through what seems like a check, but it could begin to spur that, that spark for missions and sending and support and prayer for his word to be around the world. And so I just, for those that are new, I wanted you to know that I love the heart of this church and and the people in this church and the generosity of this church um, and the relationship, relationships we have. I, I thought I could clarify that the reason we call them partnerships, can I clarify this? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. We never even got there. We never got to that. So we, you used to be called, I don't know, Pastor Jim, was it called the... Christmas Missionary Offering. No, but the G, we always say that we're still the GMT, but... Global oh, global missions team. Global yeah. missions yeah, team. Right. The GMT. Yeah. And so we just called this offering like the global missionary offering or the global ministry. Well, a lot of our partners work in countries that are closed to the Christian faith, or um, there's a lot of um, conflict around it. And so we have to be very careful about sharing their names, sharing their location, or even sharing their ministry approach. Uh and so I I hope you got this far to listen to that because this podcast is super informative and this is probably the one I'd say like maybe don't, we were pretty careful but yeah. trying not to like share the information too far too wide because um, we want to protect our partnerships and so we don't use the word missions because sometimes that is a key word for governments to under to learn of missionaries that are in their country um, and so we've changed the word to partnerships and that is what we're doing. We're partnering right in the gospel. Um, and so that is why we now refer to them as partners. Um, so that's, yeah. And I just, I wanted to ask you guys not just to, to give, but to pray for our partners. We're gonna have to run this podcast by somebody. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I think we're good, but, and I think podcasts actually specifically, we've had this conversation before because they've have, they've been on all these partners have been on the podcast before. That's true. Um, and it's something that they're less concerned about because it's le- like what we're saying right now is less searchable mm-hmm. than like writing something on Facebook. Right. But, I'll, I'll, but I'll, we'll double check. Yeah. But we'll double check. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. You were saying something important though. Uh, don't so, just give. Yeah. Or give and pray. I mm. mean, this is Please. Yeah. prayer is so powerful and, and writing your check that the pr- that it would be multiplied, yeah. <laughs> that giving would be multiplied, yeah. that the, um, I'm just praying for each of these ministry opportunities that what, what we're funding, what those things provide. I just, I'm praying for the upcoming trips for 2022 that they can happen. Um, I wanted to end with how to give. Yeah. Just so that people know. Let's do it. Um, so. 
if we're if if, if we weren't an infomercial yet, we're yeah, gonna land. We're the gonna plane do it there. now. We're gonna land the plane there. Yeah, because people are like, great, great. I want to give. How do I give? Yeah, yeah. So if you're online, you can give through our Realm app, and you just have to make sure you choose in the drop down menu the Christmas offering. If you give via PayPal, you want to make sure in the notes field that you type Christmas offering, so that way we know your gift goes to that fund. Um, you can also just put some cash in, in an envelope behind the pews and write on their Christmas offering. You can write a check and in the memo field, write Christmas offering. So many, many ways uh, to give. It's now through December 31st. So we're collecting all through the month of December. We total it up in January and send out the gifts in January. Um, And of course you can contact me with questions. And I think there was one other thing. Other than that, I do want to go back to plugging. We want to try to do a trip to Indonesia in April, the spring. Yep. Uh, we're aiming to do a trip to Uganda in the end of summer, maybe mm-hmm. late August, and hoping for a fall trip to Guatemala. And so if you're interested in any of those, reach out and... Uh, yeah, attend. Yeah. We'd encourage you. I mean, even, even if there's just like the slightest, like... Want to learn like, more? Yeah. yeah. Um, December 13th, 8 p.m. on Zoom. You should mm-hmm. have the link in your... Uh, I will make the qualification since this is going that these trips are for members. Yeah. Um, that is one of the qualifications we make just because this is our church family visiting our partners. It's one of the ways that we have the kind of accountability. And so um, if you're interested and you're not yet a member, <laughs> that's step one. <laughs> but um, Contact June, J-O-O-N, at cornerstonewla.org. That's right. All right. I think that's it. Awesome. Thank you, guys. My pleasure. Thank you, Steph. Yeah, I love it. My pleasure. And thanks for listening, guys. Uh, We love you, and we'll see you on Sunday.